I'll say just a word about the structure of our retreat, and then I wanted to I want to explore some this question of why we practice. Uh, our retreat will be organized especially by periods of sitting and walking meditation, roughly speaking, uh, four blocks, one before breakfast, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and one in the evening. We'll be generally alternating sitting and walking meditation. We'll be bringing in uh, both mindfulness practice and practices of the heart, having yoga session, and we'll be doing chanting in the, at the uh, end of the morning, typically, and at the end of the uh, evening, including tonight. And uh, there'll be opportunities for uh, what we sometimes call interviews uh, or meetings with the teachers, um, uh, both in, in a small group form and in individual interviews. I'll say more about that tomorrow morning. And so, that's, that's the support structure, really. And, and we'll say, I'll say more, we'll, we'll bring in more of that support structure in terms of taking ethical guidelines and what we call refuges, or what we um, really ground ourselves in, in terms of fundamental intentions. But I wanted to look right at the beginning of the retreat at this question of why we practice. It's a really fundamental question. You know, why do we do these practices, which are summarized in the title of the retreat as cultivating, clear seeing, and opening the heart. Why do we come here and sit and walk and listening to talk, listen to talks and so forth? I've been reflecting in the last uh, week or two, and I came up with 12 reasons. I think there are probably a few hundred or a few thousand but I came up with 12, and probably if I added all of yours, we'd have a, you know, even a fuller list. But I wanted just to reflect on that issue of why we practice. You know, the first reason that came to me is that we practice because we may have a sense that there's this very deep potential in the human heart and mind we may have had tastes of it. We may have tasted regularly of it. We may have had experiences of that, of that deeper potential, the wonderful open heart connection, love, or a way of seeing in which our usual habits and patterns are not so operative. We may have a sense of that kind of... Um, seeing in a new way, really. You know, one of my favorite uh, quotations that really points to this is from Thomas Merton, the great uh, Catholic contemplative who lived in Kentucky. And I lived actually in Kentucky for a number of years and would often go to the monastery. In fact, I'm going to go there in about, about three weeks and spend some time there. And um, this is what Merton said. Merton was a monk many of you know, who died in 1968. It was one of the bridges to connect both East and West and also uh, Christian, Buddhist, Hindu, and so forth. He uh, went to the dentist uh, away from the monastery one day in Louisville, which is about 40 minutes from the monastery. And he 
had a very powerful experience where even while being a monk for these many years, something further opened with him, just walking on the street. And this is what he said about the experience. Then it was as if I suddenly saw the secret beauty of hearts, the depths of their hearts where neither sin nor desire nor self-knowledge can reach the core of their reality. If only they could see themselves as they really are. If only we could see each other that way all the time, there would be no more war, no more hatred, no more cruelty, no more greed. I suppose the big problem would be that we would fall down and worship each other. And we may have had experiences like that or our own versions or, and that, that may be why we practice because we have a sense of the potential. We may also practice because we have a sense of the possibilities of getting lost, of being deluded, of being stuck, of not being able to see clearly. We may have a sense of being caught in our own projections or our own perceptions and be in a way uh, prisoners of our own minds. And we may have a sense that there's a way to break out of it. Some of you know the great story given by Plato in the Republic uh, 2,500 years ago. And he said that our human reality as it is, is as if we were all in a cave, not seeing clearly. In fact, he said it's like being in a cave and having behind us a procession of men with all sorts of objects and shapes coming, be, walking behind us and on the other side of them is a fire and images are projected on the wall of the cave which is right in front of us and we sit and we look at the images that are projected as it were by the fire and we think that's reality. And Plato said that actually it's possible to turn around and see the origins of the images that we think are real as, as actually kind of a very early critique of television. If you think about it, it's kind of like just, people are just sitting there watching the images, you know, sitting, sitting down. And he said, we can actually see where the projections come from. And even better still, we can go out of the cave into the sunlight and see reality rather than the images of things. So it's a view that we are caught really in this world of appearances and projections. And we may have that sense. We may have the sense that we can see more clearly. We may want to cultivate that clear seeing more. We practice because we may have a sense that there's a lot of suffering, personal suffering, suffering in the world. But many of us practice because of personal suffering. We know that we suffer. And we have a sense that there's some way out of that suffering. We know that we get caught and we may have a sense that there are ways to be and ways to explore, ways to learn that help get us unstuck. And that may bring us here. We practice because we know our minds are dominated by old patterns that were installed by family and culture and so forth. 
And we have a sense that uh, those patterns can be limiting. So we may practice because we're aware of those old patterns. We may practice because we're aware of the great suffering in the world. And we want to, in some ways, be a force for healing. And we know that we have to, in a way, heal ourselves before we can heal others really very well. And that may bring us to practice. We may come here, we may practice, we may develop these qualities of clear seeing and opening the heart because we know that life is short. We may have a sense of the reality of death. In the Tibetan tradition, practitioners, as they're beginning practice, are urged to contemplate impermanence and the reality of death. And the fact that our actions have their consequences. And the fourth contemplation in the Tibetan tradition, we're asked to contemplate that suffering really is lousy. Technical term in Tibetan tradition. No, not really. <laughs> so we, um, we may have that sense of wanting to go deeply with this life, to live lives of authenticity or whatever, however we frame it. You know, and, and death can be a reminder. We may be here, we may practice because we've practiced in the past and we have a sense that this practice can really uh, work in, in many ways. We may have a taste of the power of practice and we may be inspired in that way. We may have some delight in practicing, some delight in going more deeply, a delight really in learning. That may bring us here. Because the other side of that is we may also be here because we're willing, um, we're willing to work hard. Those of you who've been at retreats know that it's not all fun and games all the time. Does anyone not know that? Okay. It's not. Okay. Um, there can be tremendous happiness, peace, learning, but there are also ways that this practice of learning, of cultivating clear seeing and the open heart is challenging. It's one of the reasons we practice together because we can really support each other. And we may be here because we're willing to work hard. We're willing to uh, bring our own effort to learn, to see, to be present, even when part of our mind says, wouldn't Lake Tahoe have been a better choice? <laughs> we may practice because we have a sense that this uh, opening of the heart and uh, cultivating of the clear mind is a wonderful way to live. It really points to a way of being and a way of living, which is awesome. And that may draw us. 
you know, even with the challenges we, that we may, we may, when we're practicing, feel most alive. You know, we may feel, and we can feel this sometimes, our perceptions can be very um, open and powerful. Our minds, when they're clearer, when our hearts are open, it's, um, who would want to live otherwise, right? Who would want to live otherwise? So that may be the inspiration. We may practice because we've met people who cultivate this way of opening and learning, whom we think are pretty cool. We may have met exemplary people, teachers or fellow practitioners, and there may be something that sparks us or that inspires us, a friend, a teacher, a mentor, a relative. We may have, uh, that may be why we're here in part, because we've been inspired and we've, as it were, um, caught the contagious energy of people who are developing a clearer mind and opening the heart. Going through these, I'm actually on 11 now. I don't know if anyone's counting, but I'm going through them quickly. And I, I could, I wanted to give a short talk tonight. I could have taken an hour with these as well, you know, and expanded them. Um, but I wanted to bring this out, and I, I, I imagine that you all could really add several of your own. But another, another reason for practicing for many of us is that, again, we want, to, we want to be of service to our world. We want to be of benefit to others with, with the great needs that are there. And we have a sense that for me to be of most service, training is helpful. Training, again, we could say roughly in the mind, the body, the heart. That training is very helpful to help me be more effective in my service, whatever that is, whatever, whatever uh, our own gifts are for being with others or helping others, whatever form that takes. And lastly, I was reflecting that, and this is true for myself, that why do I practice? I practice because something in me that's, uh, that feels deep says yes. You know, that something in me, in my heart, in my deep intuition, says yes to um, really walking this path to, to um, moving in this direction. And so whichever one of those um, reasons may have uh, resonated with you, or there may be others that I didn't mention that are most important for you, being in touch with those core intentions can be really helpful. One of the fruits of a retreat is that those deeper intentions can become more prominent in our lives. You know, when we are less busy, when we settle down here, 
when the details of coming here and emails and doing this and doing that, when those settle a little bit, very common is our deeper aspirations come more to the surface. And that's very natural and we can also invite them. And so I'll offer a core practice, if this resonates with you, for the sittings and even the walkings in the retreat, for every little practice session is to invite your aspiration or your intention or your sense of why you practice to be present just for a minute to connect with it at the beginning of a sitting. It's, it's a wonderful practice and it doesn't have to feel completely authentic and real and powerful. That's actually, um, that's actually uh, true of everything we're doing here. It's more like we put out the energy and in fact, mostly what we invite with, um, with the practice, and this really goes for the whole retreat, we don't so much want you to get to this or that level or this or that standard. We simply want you to, as it were, do your best and be as present as you can and as open and you can. And essentially, if you are doing your best, that is the sign of great success. And it doesn't, and doing one's best can mean that one's mind happens to be scattered or not so present. And that's really an important thing. So we, as it were, we incline in a certain direction and we do our best and then we kind of let it be what it is. It's very merciful to do. Does that make some sense? That really that it really is a quality of kindness towards ourselves coupled with really summoning this intention. So if that practice resonates with you, I'll invite you during the retreat, and we'll, I'll be mentioning this uh, at times during the retreat, to really come back to that core intention right at the beginning of a sitting, very wonderful to do. Thank you.